Right to be read podcast, episode number one hundred thirty-six. Interview with Dave Chesson. You are listening to the Right to Be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello there, and welcome back to the Right to Be Read podcast, the podcast that inspires and encourages writers. It's me, as always, Annie Alexander, and I really hope that all of you who are doing NaNoWriMo are moving forward, are on track, and will end up with your novel at the end of November. I keep my fingers crossed for you. I keep encouraging you. I'm really proud of what you've done so far. Just keep punching those words and keep moving forward. So, and those who haven't uh, done anything that extensive yet and are following their pace, that's okay too because as long as you're following your passion and as long as you are writing at least a little bit every day, you're still fine. Okay, so today I am going to have yet another interview for you and today's interview is going to be very uh, interesting because I'm talking to someone whom I've known for quite a long time and uh, he's been listening to my podcast for a while so he knows what we're looking for in terms of content and what we expect from our guests. So I'd like to introduce you to Dave Chasson, who like me is an Amazon best-selling author. However, using advanced online marketing techniques, he creates books and platforms that keep all of his books at the number one bestseller mark for years. Dave is a marketing nut and the creator of Kindlepreneur.com, a free website devoted to teaching people the marketing side of being an author, which actually is the hardest part, right? So let's dive into the interview and see what Dave can teach us and what we can get from there. Okay, let's go. Hello, Dave. I'm really happy to have you over. It's kind of, you know, I, it's always so interesting when I'm interviewing people I already know since a long time. <laughs> because, I mean, it's it's a different experience, first of all. And second, I'm kind of, you know, always uh, trying uh, to keep this, you know, the, the content and the listener on mind and not to drift too away from the subject but I think with you it will be easier because uh, you're definitely very close to the subjects that my listeners are interested in well that's great to hear you know the other thing too is is that I mean it's like we've done so many talks this <laughs> yes. time we're just hitting record so <laughs> yeah. trying not to get off topic and talk about all the other stuff that we like to cover it's it's going to be interesting so really oh, excited yeah. it will and uh, the main reason I kind of decided that we have to talk in this formal way and for this you know many listeners I have and you know actually now I have much more than in the beginning when we started talking to you unofficially so you now you have a bigger audience to talk to and um, is because I really like your website kindlepreneur.com and I think it's very very useful so I want to start from there and find out how did you come up with the idea and why did you want to prepare to create a website like that yeah absolutely so 
I really started, I didn't start with books. A lot, like a lot of people start writing books and then they, you know, they go the route of trying to figure out how to sell them. I actually started with building niche websites and creating, you know, online traffic. So my, my core learning experience was, was finding where people had questions that hadn't been answered and then creating traffic sources that drive them to an answer I create. Okay. So I went through and I built all these websites out and then one day it occurred to me, I was like, you know, I'm depending on like Google AdSense and affiliate links and things like that to, to make this online money. But the key is to actually have your own product. And you know, so I was, I was like sitting there scratching my head. I was like, well, how do I come up with a product? You know, I'm like, uh, at the time I was stationed in South Korea. Now I'm in like Sri Lanka. You can't just make a product and sell. And somebody finally was like, well, just write a book. And I was like, oh, man, that's a good idea. So <laughs> I got into self-publishing and I created these books that were aligned with some of my external traffic, you know, these websites and these uh, YouTube videos and things that I created. And I used those as actual like traffic streams to my books. And it really created this kind of neat, um, you know, mesh where I was sending traffic to my books and Amazon became really happy with that because they're like, wow, look at all these sales conversions to this guy. And then they were raising my books up to, you know, the top of the uh, to the rankings. And so I, then I was benefiting from Amazon's traffic. And so it really, by doing that, it's created a very stable and consistent sales record. And so after having done that, you know, multiple, multiple times, you know, I started realizing that, you know, in the self-publishing world, there, there, are, there are some great people out there. There are some great resources out there. But I kind of had a unique twist based off of where I came from. So the idea of Kindlepreneur kind of came from, you know, having this kind of crazy advanced online marketing background and really wanting to apply it so that, you know, to make it easy and understandable for authors so they can find extra tactics and ways, new ways uh, to generate more sales for their books. And so Kindlepreneur was kind of that perfect mesh, you know, yeah. <laughs> entrepreneur. Well, I'm I'm really happy you did that because most of us writer ha writers have completely the opposite problem. We kind of we know that if we want to write a book, uh, some of us know what kind of book we want to write, and uh, very few of us actually write and complete that. And then we're like, okay, so what now? Because we have no idea about uh, you know what needs to be done. So the book is actually sold. So you're kind of covering the hardest part, I think, of this whole chain by showing us what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, though, you know, a lot of people, one of the biggest mistakes I see writers make is that they will sit there and they'll say, okay, I'm going to write this book. And then they write it. And then at the end of that point, they're like, oh, man. Okay, how do I sell it? You know, it's yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. I tell people the day you decide you want to write that book is the day you need to start marketing it. Not for the purpose of the big sales at the end of writing it, but I think that, you know, using a lot of like analytics and really talking to your target market, you can write a better book. You're going to get their feelings, you know, their, their, um, you know, their beliefs, you're going to find out what the do's and don'ts, you know, and what's working. And that really helps you as a writer as well. So, you know, the good thing about the today is that, you know, we're surrounded by so much technology and such amazing ser online services that can really help authors, 
you know, who's sitting in their home in like Wichita to, you know, Istanbul to Colombo, Sri Lanka, <laughs> be able to find their market, access them and write the right book for that target. So. Okay, so let, let's pretend you're talking to a complete newbie here and I've decided to write a book and you say that I have to start marketing from day one and get feedback and stuff like that. So which are the steps? What would you do from the very start in that case? Let's say, okay, you know, I, I agree and I have to do something along with writing the book. What exactly do I need to do? Ah, that's a perfect question. I like this. Okay, <laughs> so when you have that person, all right, the first thing I want, the person to understand is, uh, is there a market for your idea? Okay. Now, granted, we're artists. Okay. And I don't want to stifle, you know, artistic belief here, but it is so hard to create a market. It's much easier if you're able to create art for a pre-existing market where, and what I mean by market is where there's a demand signal. Mm -hmm. So, the first thing I tell an artist is make sure to go and look for validation, okay? Find that there truly are people out there that have a problem or have a desire, have a story, you know, both nonfiction and fiction here, okay? And that it's not being met, all right? There are a lot of art, uh, authors out there who are like, oh, man, I'm going to write a self-esteem book. You know, it's like, well, there's like 50,000 of these self-esteem <laughs> books out there. Um, what are you going to do to really corner your market. You know, let's start thinking about that. So I tell them, let's look to see if people are actively pursuing this. And one of the tricks I like to use is I like to go to Google. You know, Google has like 70% of all searches. And so if you go into Google, you can use like, you know, Google AdWords Planner or Keyword Finder, kwfinder.com. And you can type in these questions, these phrases, these subjects. Mm -hmm. And it will tell you how many times a month people will type in that exact phrase. And that immediately tells you if there are people out there that are looking for information, looking for a type of book, looking for, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And now you have a little bit more validation than just randomly thinking, you know, I think underwater basket weaving on cold days <laughs> is something people are truly looking for, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the other thing, too, about doing that, you can also find out the language that people are using. I really like to do this because, like, for example, uh, some people call a resume a resume. Some people call them a curriculum vitae. Others people, other people call it a CV and so forth. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that by understanding that, I can now reach all three different types of people, you oh, know? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, or the other thing is um, I was working with another author and she's going to be writing a, a book on how to write children's book. Well, her first book was how to market children's books. And, you know, I was like, well, you do know that if Google's telling me that about 3000 plus people a month are typing in how to write a children's book. So, you know, and there's not much competition there. So and bam, it was like a connection. I was like, oh, man, totally didn't think about that. So I like validation. And Google is a great source for getting that. Okay, I see. So basically, you have to find this balance between your creative ideas and, and the business side of it in order to make sure that it works, right? Absolutely. Now, I know you have a lot of fiction authors like yourself yeah. that are probably saying like, that's, that's easy if you're a nonfiction guy. But let me give you an example of where this really works uh, for the fiction people out there, okay? Okay. Uh, 
So anybody who's been on my website knows I'm like an uber sci-fi nerd. So I'm just going to stick with the sci-fi area just because that's how I roll. Um, now, there, I think you had, yeah, you had um, the author for Solarversia on yes. your show um, yes. a couple weeks ago, right? Yes. Uh, Toby. Toby. And let's, let's use him as a great example, okay? Toby wrote this uh, incredible book. And after, after listening to that podcast, I actually totally picked up all the books he talked about and that one. It was a great book, by the way. And he, he said, okay, he didn't invent a new book, okay? He didn't invent a new genre story thing. What he, he did was he created his own story, and it was about like an online virtual game that, you know, the world was kind of competing in, okay? Yes. Uh, but where he was brilliant in this was he didn't try to create the market. He found where a market existed in fiction. And there is a really, really good book, um, Ready Player One, which was what he recommended, and I actually read it, and it is now my number one favorite book. And But what he did was he registered, he said, okay, if people liked Ready Player One, then they will like my book, Solar Versia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of trying to find these people that like virtual reality sci-fi books, he instead now finds people who like Ready Player One. Now that he knows that, he knows there are a lot of people out there. He can go to Google and find out how many people are typing in Ready Player One, how many people are typing in phrases like other books like Ready Player One, see? And he's finding areas where he can go in like Quora.com and just start answering questions like that. Or better yet, Facebook, right? You know, if you're doing Facebook advertisement, you have some great advertisement if you're saying, hey, if you liked Ready Player One, then you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... He found validation in a market because he found a book that was similar enough to be able to justifiably say, hey, if you like this, then you're definitely going to like my book. So it's all about finding where there's a market and where there's an interest and using that as validation for your book. And at that point, if you can do that, you will have a much higher chance of success than if you just sit down and write your heart's book out and then you get to the end of it. You're like, all right. How do I sell this? Yeah, I mean, unless you don't want to sell that, then it's okay. You you know, you maybe you just enjoyed the process of writing that novel and it's kind of, you know, you the only thing that you wanted was to have your name on a cover, then it's fine. But I, I, I don't think that Very most true. most of the people who are listening to this podcast are from those groups. So I guess, you know, what we're telling is what, what most of them would like to achieve. So eventually, uh, even if you're thinking about an idea that is not exactly the one that sells well yet then maybe you know you should consider modifying it slightly maybe and then you know use the same message but you know package it differently maybe that's another option right absolutely and you know there's always going to be those passion projects out there for sure um but you know for me for my website that's why i got entrepreneur inside the domain you know kindlepreneur (laughs) because i it's nice to be able to, you know, to not only write your story, but to get it out there for people to read too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've interviewed more than 100 authors by now. And most of oh, them yeah. who are doing well are those who managed to get this balance and who actually agreed uh, at the idea that 
both elements are equally important and they do pay attention and uh, put their efforts on both sides. That's the only way that it works later on and it pays off. Otherwise, if you concentrate too much on writing and only write, unless you're outsourcing all the rest to someone who knows everything really well and can do it for you then it won't work and the other way if you're doing too much of your marketing and spending most of your time there and don't really come up with new books then it won't work either so it's kind of you know it's this balance and two elements that are really kind of you know and the mindset that you know it's a business if you want to make money with your books you have to treat it as a startup each book of yours is a startup I guess Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, someone told that it's not my idea, but I don't remember the name to quote. So, <laughs> anyway. well, you know, and I'll I'll add to that and say that, and in your name, your author name, is actually a brand. Definitely, it's your personal brand, and it's it's very important what you do uh, in in all those online spaces as a writer and under your name because or the pen name because it kind of accumulates and people see it and uh, they end up with an image of you as a writer so you have to pay attention what you're doing and if you're sending really mixed messages around then then you may have a problem (laughs) you betcha you know that that's a really good question i like to ask you actually annie is that when you go through and you look at all those authors that you've had over you know over the years right how many of them you know just kind of sat down wrote the book and then figured it out at the end uh well less than half of them like maybe 35 percent 30 percent approximately because uh i mean i had more non-fiction writers than fiction writers and non-fiction writers actually most of them ended up writing their books as a follow-up or continuation to what they were already doing so they either needed it as a business card or they needed it to leverage their their speaking gigs and stuff like that so they knew what they were doing at what for they were doing it as for fiction authors most of them actually especially if it was their first book they kind of wrote it they learned everything they needed to learn with their first book and later on kind of started actually implementing their knowledge with their next books, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, well, you, you saw it. Did you read the book, The Martian? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. So Andy Weir, right? Uh, great example. He he sat down and he wrote the, the book, The Martian, which, you know, everybody knows is a super big success, right? And But what's funny is, is that he actually published pieces of the book online for validation. Yes. You know? So, I mean, there's different flavors to everything. There's not just a cookie cutter formula out there that says, okay, you know, every artist is different. They need a different guideline as they go through. They, they, we all have different strengths. I, I like Facebook. Other people will tell me I'm, I'm insane and that, you know, I need to be on Twitter or, or you know, Blab is awesome, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but some people, that's, that's not their thing. But my, my point is, is that there's so many different ways to find success and more importantly, to find validation in your story. And that can be in nonfiction and fiction. And we see people from Mandy Weir to uh, Toby Downton to, you know, Ani Alexander all having their different ways to figure out, you know, the best foot forward for them so that they can make those sales and that they can make, you know, get their word out there. So. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's kind of you know I I don't believe that there is one magic pill or there is such a thing as overnight success. So, oh yeah, no I mean, kidding. <laughs> everyone I spoke to had many 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 nights before the night they had the success. So it's it's kind of you know it never happens overnight. It, we just don't see what's happening before that and we don't really know the whole backstory but usually it's never like that I mean I I have writers who actually wrote every single day for years before they ended up with what actually later on started working so it's it's I mean it's never a, a thing that happens overnight and it's never something that you can copy from other people's experience and it will work for you the same way it, it's very complex. So I guess it's kind of, you know, I am for making your own experiments and, and trying what fits you best. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in you know, the first, the big turnoff, there's two turnoffs to me, especially in online marketing is when somebody's like, you know, $30,000 in five hours, you know, or, or something yeah. catchy. Oh my goodness, roll the eyes. Um, right, and then the other one- 24 hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, you know, or then you got the other ones that are like, you know, I will, you know, in three easy steps, I will take you to success. You know, it's like, um, yeah. okay. Well. Yeah. But anyways- yeah, that's true. But anyways, yeah, let's get back to your website. And I I want to talk to the free, very useful tools that you have in there, which which I'm using very often. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's cover that because I'm sure that it's, you know, it's very useful. And it's, it's something that, you know, any writer who has a book on Amazon uh, needs to use them periodically. So tell us about those. Sure. Well, the first one and one of my favorites, and it's a little little guy called KDP Calculator. Okay, and for every book out there, Amazon, the only indication of success that Amazon gives us is the Amazon bestseller rank, right? Yeah. And the rank is is from one to whatever the total amount of books on Amazon are. So you know, like one point two million or something, or billion. God only knows how many there are now. Um, so if you sold the most, then you're number one, right? Well, basically this calculator, what you do is you can take anybody's Amazon bestseller rank, put it in there, and it will calculate approximately how many books per day that that book is selling. So you can use this to figure out if somebody's very successful or if somebody's not, or you know how much money somebody is making. Um, that can be a form of validation, like we talked about, uh, to validate whether or not your subject is making money. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, for the, all those podcasters or other people that are looking into buying into somebody's you know gimmick or, or for training <laughs> is that okay so this guy's talking about thirty thousand dollars you know in a couple of nights let me go ahead and see how his book is really doing and next thing you know it's like well you're only selling like two copies a day man uh, how does thirty thousand I'm, I'm missing the step here so um it's 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 a nice little tool it's free you just go there uh you can find it on kindlepreneur.com and it will just pop it in there and it will tell you um the second one is actually still in beta uh it works but um it's right now we're just trying to to make sure that it's perfect. And one of the things I like is that in your book description on your Amazon page, you can actually do HTML tags. Okay. Yes. You can give it an H1, H2, H3. And then now maybe to some of you guys is like, guys speaking clean on here. Okay. Um, you can make words bigger. 
you can make words smaller. You can make them bold. You can make horizontal lines. You can do numbers and, and bullet points and all that. And for the people who know how to code in HTML, they're taking advantage of this. And they're making these really cool-looking book uh, descriptions that, like, stick out and pop and have great sales copy, yeah. you know. And they're getting better conversion. But for, for a lot of people out there, you know, HTML thing's a little crazy. So what we did was we created a free... A uh, little box where you can write in your book description and then just highlight the words and click on how you want them to look. And when you're done, you'll actually see exactly what it will look like on Amazon. And if you like it, then you just click a button and it will generate that code and you just copy and paste it in and boom, your Amazon page will now look just like that. So... Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's really uh, good because it's not like, you know, many people are doing that. So you can really differentiate and it looks professional and nice. So, you know, I, I really encourage doing that. And uh, do I remember correctly that the sales calculator, you can have it as a widget on your own website as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to force people to have to go to kindlepreneur.com every time they're going to use that. So if you have a website and you want to put it on there, you don't want to send your people, you know, to somebody else's website, go for it. It's actually on wordpress.com. You can just type in like Kindle or Kindle calculator or something like that and you'll find it. You can download it and use it. Okay. Amazing. So, um, and uh, what I was actually using uh, this calculator for was um, if you have chosen a certain category or subcategory that you're going to have your book at, you can go ahead and see how many books per day the best sellers of that categories are selling. So like that, you will end up realizing how much you have to sell in order to get into these top rankings yourself. Oh, yeah, because uh, let's face it, if you can't get in the top rankings for a category, then you really don't want that category. Exactly. So, yeah. So for it's, sure. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you do your research and you end up realizing how much is the estimate that you have to target uh, in terms of sales for your first day. And then you kind of you realize whether it's realistic or not and how to move forward from there. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what do you have in place uh, coming up soon? Like, you know, any other tools that we have to wait for? Well, like I said, that that uh, description generator. We have. I haven't even come up with a name for the little guy either. Um, still in still in beta. Um, but I'll go ahead and give you that link for your readers, so that if they go to your website, they can click on it and start using it. It's just not pretty. Um, we haven't made it look good. So you'll go to this blank page and you'll see a box. You'll be like, okay. Well, I thought this guy had some kind of art in him. It's coming, but uh, we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes if people can access it. Um, yeah. But for right now, that's kind of where I'm focusing. I want to make sure it's a really good product. Um, you know, yeah, it's absolutely free. I, I don't even know why I keep calling it a product. It's 100% free and it will always be free. So It's a free product. <laughs> it, yes, it's a free tool. There we go. It's a free tool, yeah. And it's it's kind of you know it's it's uh, it's free but it's useful because very often people when they hear free they think that's it's ah yeah okay yeah you know yet another well, yeah, thing. There's, <laughs> there's some guy out there that's actually selling that service for ninety dollars and I'm pretty sure that guy's gonna hate me but uh, oh well. 
Oh, okay, okay. So don't pay $90. I don't know where it is, but oh. if, you, if you find it, don't do that because a free version is coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, exactly. now he's going to hate me too. <laughs> yep, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, I hope I haven't interviewed that guy by now already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I mean definitely we we didn't call I mean we didn't talk about this unofficially before. So I I mean a disclaimer I have no clue who that guy is. So <laughs> anyway. Mm. Okay. Now, one thing before we before we we part, I just got to say this as a long-term listener and you know this, you know this is coming is that it was like my goal to try to get you to say book as many times as possible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have always loved the book. I love it. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that out there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of you know my accent is something that I kind of um, I didn't like much in the beginning. Uh, oh, that kept awesome. me. No. <laughs> it kept me launch the podcast a year from when I initially thought that maybe I should have a podcast, and and then eventually it turned out to be like the differentiator of my podcast. I guess. <laughs> so exactly. so I you don't know. It's- it's yeah. funny how those you those things that are un, you know that we find is different, you know, in art really become unique. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I was kind of amazed in our country when a person has an accent um, while speaking foreign language. Uh, somehow we have this perception that if you have an accent, it means you don't know the language very well. So I mean, I know it's not true, but that's how we're used to think, and that's how many in here think so I was kind of always thought that accents are kind of you know the defect and the weakness of 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 you know how you speak the language so I always thought that if you are actually doing something that makes that weakness more obvious it's kind of you know you you have to be crazy to actually put focus on the weakness uh, mm-hmm. but apparently I mean it's not like everyone is thinking like that so it's kind of you know it worked <laughs> and for me it was an experimental project and now I guess it's you know almost a year and a half that I'm doing a podcast and people even those who I guess in the beginning uh, felt that strong accent are already used to it by now <laughs> <laughs> so, so I Absolute. guess, so I guess everyone has a word uh, that they prefer. Uh, how I pronounce it? I mean, Dave's uh, favorite word is book, and the way I say it, <laughs> so I don't know what others prefer. But yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. It, it, honestly, it's so cool to actually be on. You know, one of the shows that I've. Good lord, it's been a long time. <laughs> I've been listening to so. So really cool to have, and, and thank you so much. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and thanks for kindlepreneur.com because it really helps us out a lot. <laughs> that's awesome to hear. Thanks. Take care. Okay, well, it seems like that's all I had for you today. I truly hope that you enjoyed the interview, and if you like my podcast, please subscribe to it on iTunes and also leave a review for me there. Well, I guess that's all. In case you have written a book or you're going to finish your book soon, please 
consider our self-publishing services at publishmybook.today and we will do our best to serve you. I guess that's it. Uh, Take care, keep writing and I'll meet you in the next episode.